Good evening and welcome to the San Marino Community Church. I'm Reverend Jeff O'Grady, and on behalf of the session of the church and our talented and dedicated staff, we welcome you here on this Christmas Eve as we celebrate together. I'm uh, a little under the weather tonight, as you may be able to tell, so uh, I will not be, as I ordinarily do, greeting you following the service at the back door under the tower. Uh, That's for your protection more than mine. But I think we'll get through this. And also, uh, this evening, our regular choir director, Glenn DeLang, is in the hospital tonight. Uh, He's had a persistent back problem, and he's finally getting the treatment that he needs, thankfully. So we're grateful for that, but he's not able to be with us. And so leading the, the ensemble this evening is Ron Keene, who has come from Northern California to be with us. So Ron, thank you very much for your presence with us. In the Purex, you'll find uh, cards located there that allow you to communicate you. Is this mic cutting out? It is cutting out, isn't it? Um, in, if you'll take these cards and fill it out, and let us know that you're here, and you can place these in the uh, offertory plate as it comes around later in the service. <clears throat> We'd love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request or something that you'd like to communicate with us, please use this as a way to do it with the offering. And also, uh, at the end of the service, as we always do, we, we sing Silent Night, and we will all have candles. So I just want to encourage you to remain seated at that time in the service. And the easiest way to light the candles is to uh, light your candle sideways from the lighted candle that's straight up and down. And once your candle is lit, then turn it straight up and down and turn to your, next, to your neighbor and let them light So the lighted candle stays straight up and down, and the unlighted candle is sideways. And that way, you won't get so much wax on your clothing. So all the preparations have been made. We're here together now. Your to-do list will still be there at the end of worship. So quiet your heart, and let's prepare to worship God together. We are the Broussard family, and during Advent, we began with a responsive call to worship and the lighting of the Advent wreath. Four purple candles represent each week in Advent, with the Christ candle in the center. Each candle symbolizes the waiting and the coming of Christ. The weekly edition of each shining candle brightens our desire for a future with hope, peace, joy, and love. The Christ candle is lit on Christmas Eve 
to remind us that Jesus is the light of the world. Throughout these past weeks, we have seen an accumulation of light as an expression of the growing anticipation of the birth of Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. Let us say together our responsive call to worship. We light the first candle of Advent, the candle of hope, because We light the second candle of Advent, the candle of peace, because we light the third candle of Advent, the candle of joy, because We light the fourth candle of Advent, the candle of love, because Jesus is love. Now we light the Christ candle. We believe in him who the prophet Isaiah calls the Prince of Peace. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let us join in prayer.
the prophecy. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and his name, Wonderful Consular, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onwards and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from old, from ancient days. announcement to Mary. 
In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God.
the announcement to Joseph. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but for they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us.
Long ago on that first Christmas, wise men came from the East seeking God's unfolding plan for themselves and for the world. And they brought with them gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We continue our worship this evening as the wise men did, by bringing before God our offerings, our gifts, our time, our treasure, our talent. As the ushers come forward to receive the Christmas offering tonight, please put your card in the, in the offering plate as it comes by and let us know how we can be praying for you. Let us continue our worship by bringing for, before God our offerings and our gifts.
the birth. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors.
Let us pray together. Gracious and almighty God, on this Christmas Eve we come before you. We have come here to worship you. We have come here to look for ourselves at the child, the one who was born as the prophets foretold, the one on whom history turns. Quiet within us any voice but your own, that we might hear your word tonight, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. There's much in the Christmas story that tells about the heavens in the midst of a dark night being pierced by light. I'm not sure how many of you may have seen that, uh, that light that went across the sky on Friday night about 5.30. The Pasadena Star News reported, what was that weird light in the sky over Southern California? The sight could be seen as far away as San Diego, and it was so alarming to people throughout the region, they called the police. <clears throat> the Riverside City Fire Department, after receiving several reports that there had been some explosion in the sky above Victoria Avenue and Irvine Street, dispatched fire engines and rescue units. But the dispatchers quickly recalled them after learning that it was actually a launch. It was a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket that had launched from Vandenberg Air Force Base, which is north of Santa Barbara, and it was carrying 10 satellites that were going to be deposited in low Earth orbit. The conditions were perfect on Friday night for such a launch, high visibility in the evening sky, but boy, did it create some concern throughout Southern California. People pulled their cars off the road, got out of their cars, started talking to people they didn't know at all, just other motorists. Some worried it might be a missile from some hostile nation. Others thought some UFO. It created a remarkable reaction. Strange events in the heavens at Christmas time have a way of doing that created a little mystery and a little wonder for many people. And it's kind of been a year of strange natural events, even heavenly ones. I mean, where were you during the eclipse? Many people traveled to watch that heavenly event. Now, I happen to have some inside information on this one on Friday night. My son-in-law used to work for SpaceX. He was having dinner at our home, and so he was fully aware of the launch. In fact, on his smartphone, he was following the countdown at SpaceX, and we all took bets on who was going to see the rocket first in the western sky. So it was no surprise to us. In fact, we were there in the front yard looking towards the west with binoculars in hand, and it was amazing to watch and even more amazing to hear the commentary of my son-in-law Phelps as he described what was happening at this point in the launch as the, as the, uh, the, the um, first stage broke away from the capsule. The uh, vapor trail was so brilliant, and I asked him about that, and he said, well, at 200,000 feet, the sun has not set yet. 
So that's why we could see it so clearly. My father-in-law, who was also with us, said, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Now, mystery and wonder come in all shapes and sizes. There is more wonder to this life than we can comprehend or explain or imagine. It's what drives our inquiry and our research and leads to things like space exploration. Life is just so much bigger than our precise calculations and our neat explanations. So Christmas is really for everyone who still wonders. Christmas is for those who can stand beneath a star-studded sky and still feel overwhelmed. Or for those who can watch the power of the ocean, be amazed at the beauty and the magnificence and the majesty of the world. Do you still wonder about life? Do you still find yourself humbled by the limits of your own understanding? Well, then Christmas is for you. Today we gather again here to look in the stable in Bethlehem and we see this young couple from the margins of society pushed all the way to the edge of the community and deliver a child in a manger. It is, at first glance, a rather unimpressive discovery. It's hard to believe that this night and this place and this cast of characters was what the prophets foretold and what the world has been longing for forever. At first glance, it's a rather unpromising fulfillment of the long-awaited hopes of all humankind. But look again. As the Magi climbed off their camels and after days of travel following the star, they didn't hesitate to bring forward their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They had brought those gifts for a coronation for a king. Now, what kind of king comes in the middle of the night and is born in a barn? What kind of ruler is content to only enter where invited? What kind of Lord is so unimpressed with power and wealth but chooses rather the seemingly trivial and unimportant as the way to redeem a suffering creation, to redeem the world, to redeem you and me. I wonder, could it be that the kingdom of heaven has arrived? Those present that first night believed they had experienced God's reality in the midst of their own reality. The kingdom of God had arrived, but it's not an idea to consider or a set of propositions. It's not a new administration on the national scene. The kingdom of God is a person, the person of Jesus Christ, not coming in power and in glory, but clothed in our own skin. And the hope that by God's grace, he could get under our skin and into our lives where we really live. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is near you. And it might be nearer tonight than it is ever before. 
You see, you don't have to look far and wide to find the kingdom of heaven. The Lord is waiting for us to receive him. You may just need a little inside information about what's happening in the heavens like I had from my son-in-law. So what do you long for this Christmas? What is it that you need that money simply cannot buy? The shepherds that night, they returned to their herds and homes after having seen the birth. They went back to their lives, but they had been changed. And sometimes the Lord leads us into the future by sending us back home, but as changed individuals. We have no gold or frankincense or myrrh like the magi to bring tonight, but we can bring ourselves and we can give ourselves over to this mystery of God present with us. This mystery which came into the world on Christmas night in Jesus Christ. So it says later in the text that the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they'd heard and seen as it had been told them. It's interesting to me, they didn't quit their jobs and go off to seminary and become pastors. They didn't start a crusade. They didn't write a book. After the most astonishing night in their lives and the most astonishing night in any life, they went back to where they came from. Why? So we can see that salvation does not save us from the world, but for it. And the world needs a little saving just now, it seems to me. So what are you doing to make the world a better place? How are you living out your faith in Christ? God calls us in the midst of our very ordinary lives, in part because nothing created by God can really be properly called ordinary. It's all remarkable. It's all amazing and a gift. Meeting the God who is in Christ is not about spiritual transcendence or being religious for a few hours on a Christmas Eve or fleeing the earthly life that we have for that which is more extraordinary or novel or mystical because that's not where we find Jesus. We find Jesus in the midst of where we live. And he can be found in the most unremarkable places, but he's also found wherever all hell is breaking loose in our lives. The book of Acts begins with a great story about the last conversation Jesus has with his disciples. After the death and resurrection, it's known as the ascension. It says he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight while he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven. Suddenly, two men in white robes stood by them, the disciples, and they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand there looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. It's as if they were saying, look, you're looking in the wrong place. Turn your attention back to earth and get busy living your lives, but as different people because of what you've experienced. 
Similarly, we begin this weekend of celebration with our gaze turned towards the heavens on Friday night. But the real focus needs to be here, back on earth, where all the challenges of living exist, where our faith comes to bear, and where we will find the Lord himself in the midst of life's challenges. It's a bit ironic, really, that on Christmas we all journey home. We return home, and then we come to church to hear the story of those who have journeyed far from home. Mary and Joseph move further and further away from their home as they make their journey to register for the census. And the Son of God has left his side next to the Father and has gone into a far country in order to be with us. Emmanuel. The shepherds are minding the business of their own familiar lives when they're compelled by the good news of the angels to travel and to seek and to find. We're returning home then on Christmas Eve to hear a story about others who are leaving home and going into something that's remarkably uncomfortable, entirely new and unfamiliar. Mary and Joseph make a home where there is no home in the stable. Because wherever the Christ child lays, the story tells us, is home. He's the one in whom our searching and all of our unsettledness gives way to great joy and peace wherever he is. So as those shepherds long ago, we too, tonight, can return to our lives, to those people and those responsibilities that God has given us, for we will find Christ in the ordinariness of our lives. It's really kind of an unimpressive discovery, isn't it? It's hard to believe that this night, this place, this cast of characters is what was foretold and what the world has been longing for forever. At first glance, it's a rather unpromising fulfillment for the long-awaited hopes of humankind. But look again. Salvation has come. Not salvation from the world but salvation for it. Thanks be to God. Amen. Will you please join me as we go to God in prayer? God, in a thousand years, we would never be able to imagine such a story. But then you've always been beyond our imagination. And on this night, into a cruel and dark world, you came and you shattered our endless night. For that, we are so grateful. It's the light of your compassion and your mercy. And lavish love came showering across the heavens as a heart meant to ignite all hearts beat within the small infant's chest. How can that be? 
You came and the world began to remember who we had been, children made by the work of your warming hands, our creator. We began to remember who we belong to, the one holy God who would draw all people to the shelter of your love. Thank you. You came and hope, peace, joy, and love became the abundant feast which continues to feed us even today. You came so that in our coming, the world might know you and the road be made wide for all of us to travel together. How wonderful it is, God, that you would desire for us to take each other by the hand and to be together in this journey. And so our hearts stop here right now in this moment. And we kneel at your purpose and we are awed by your capacity to love as we stare into your face. And we are surprised all over again because it's the face of a newborn child. So beautiful as all are. And we could not imagine any likeness that would reveal to us any clearer your purity and graciousness and your desire for love. Blessed birth, blessed earth, to us a child is given, and your name is Jesus. Hear us, O God, as we lift up the prayer that this Savior Jesus taught us when praying to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
What has come into being in Jesus is life, and that life is the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Lift high your candles. We together, ordinary though we are, can carry the light of Christ into a world of darkness. So let us determine tonight that we will go from here with the light of Christ burning within our hearts and that we will live differently thanks to God's grace. Now let lower your lights and extinguish your candles and carry the light of Christ in your heart. And now, my friends, it is Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas.